right, fellas, welcome, welcome to another episode here to uh, in spaces. Chris Connor, um, I got a, I got a hell of a, hell of a cast, man. That that took time out of their, out of their busy schedules. Uh, first time talking, talking OG Rod, Rod Walker, long time <laughs> media member in New Orleans, doing Saints, Saints and Pelicans, man. Um, first off, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Hey, Will, I wore the Kobe shirt just for you, man. It's his birthday today, yeah. and. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Let me stand up so you can say it a little bit. <laughs> Happy, man! It is it is Mama's birthday, man. I I definitely we definitely couldn't couldn't end or start the show without without showing love to that man. Let me hey, let's see the shirt, right? I can't because I can't see it, man. Let me uh, let me see. Dope. And he got the Kobe in the background too. I don't know if y'all think he got the. Ah, ah. Oh, he placed that on purpose. He okay. Yeah, I like that. No, it's always right there though. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, also here, man, is uh, is the uh, I mean, he ain't said, but uh, rumor has it, and he walks around like the best media hooper of his generation. Also, oh, he, he said it. <laughs> I ain't scared to say it. I ain't scared to say it. All time lead scorer, you don't know, Rick. You know how I'm coming. <laughs> well, Will Guillory, man, full time writer at the Athletic. Man, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Appreciate y'all for having me. I appreciate y'all for allowing me to share the stage with my guy Rod. Man, I, I gotta get my guy his flowers. I just not too many people know this. Ain't no Will Guillory without Rod Walker. I want to make that clear. Back in the G, I used to be blowing Rod phone up, trying to get me some high school spots, trying to get me some freelance spots in the newspaper. And Rod held me down through it all, man. So I got to get that man his flowers while I can. I appreciate it, man. He hey, only man. wanted to cover one high school, though, but, but we, we... <laughs> <laughs> You know I got to cover them Saders. I, got, I wanted to be the Crusader beat writer, but they didn't have that position at the advocate, so I had to settle. <laughs> Hey man, like, look, we we support what it means, what it means to pass the pass the touch, man, pass the torch, being able to help the next person, pull the next person up, and inspire one way or another, man. So I mean, I don't think, um, and at some point, you know, we'll talk about it. But I think in throughout throughout my journey, you know, you you guys have been um, either either a an inspiration or helpful in one way, one way or another. So um, that's that's dope that you shared that, Will. And then we have. Uh, the god of many of many talents, Lido. Lido, Lido, you joined here, man, um, and was a little was a little bit upset about a UNO game. Uh, if you have a just, just maybe about one minute, it, it really don't have to be that. Can you explain yeah. why you were so pissed off? I mean, will my witness, man. I, <clears throat> basically, I'm gonna tell y'all like this: I was hot, I was on, I wasn't missing. Will, will sitting right there. There's the other guy. The other guy, for whatever reason, bro, he this man was running Clay Thompson screens to half court and was just shooting the ball, and, and nobody could guard him, and it, 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 it was just game. But like, I, I it, it wasn't my fault. I was hot. I was, I was, I was on fire, bro. I got robbed. Yeah, man, I was shook because I'm looking at the court. You know how you walk in the gym and you're like, all right, I see who's gonna be getting buckets, or who just kind of out there. I see my guy Lito on the court. I'm like, all right, I know my guy's a hooper. Yeah, I know my guy can get a bucket. And his partner, that was my first time meeting his partner. He don't necessarily look like he a bucket when you walk in the gym. But no disrespect to him. Uh, hey, but that man was a bucket on Saturday. Believe that. <laughs> he got my respect. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I'm gonna make sure he never hit it. Well, we we not giving him no respect. <laughs> hey, you know I gotta respect all shooters. I'm I'm gonna hold it down for all my shooters out there. Shout out to all of y'all. So so speaking speaking of respect, man. Um, one of the topic of of today is in the it's in the title, and um, you know we talked about it before we hit the record button here. Lido um, sent sent to my phone the Monday Monday a piece of the Jason Tatum and Taylor Rooks interview, which, you know, kind of got some, it, it got some attention, but it, but it spiraled into other conversations about what is all it's always had in, in sports, but it's, it, it's, it's really a thing in the, in the NBA of what a superstar is, what isn't a superstar. It's been a debate forever, but um, I thought it would be a good conversation to have. And I'm a, I'm gonna get the opinion of, of, uh, the guys that we have here, but before we do that, for those that haven't seen it, let's take a look at it. Is Kyrie Irving a superstar? Yes, Kyrie is. So, okay. I, do you I, want me to I, say I, what I think about you? I agree. Okay. But then, is Damian Lillard a superstar? I think that Damian has all of the superstar qualities but it's hard to put him in it in this moment because of he just like needs a little more. But obviously, like needs, he has that in him. Needs a little more. I mean, he's gotta win. He's gotta get there. Like that. It to me, that's a. Ba- it's Kyrie right again. Superstar? <laughs> yes, Kyrie is. So okay. I. Do you I, want like, me to say I, what I think about you? I agree. Okay. But then. Not working. So, <laughs> um, I we got the gist of it. Yeah, nah. Lido. So, yeah, you, you watched the video from start to finish. Um, I did. Can you can you can you summarize exactly what it was so we can get in so we can get into the actual? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, so the conversation was uh, uh, JT and, and Taylor Rooks, and um, they were talking about superstars. So, uh, JT said he asked if uh, Kyrie was a superstar. Taylor said yes. So then she, she kind of wanted to tell whether or not she thought JT was a superstar, but then JT went to Kyrie. I mean, uh, he went to Dame, right? So she said Dame had to do a little bit more to be a superstar, to be considered a superstar in her opinion. He asked what, and she said when. And and that's where the clip cut off. So, and that, and that's that's interesting because um i mean and that pretty much leads into a a large a large discussion um and i want to start with you rod and then we'll uh you can kind of follow after that rod to you strictly in the nba what determines like what's your definition of an nba superstar to me you have to be one of those guys that's that's sort of always in that mvp first, second team, all NBA conversation. Um, sometimes I think wins, because she said he needs to win more. I think sometimes that gets a little – I think people sometimes put a little bit too much emphasis on it. I think it goes back to the Michael Jordan era. I mean, he went 6-0, and and everybody just wants to, like, harp on, hey, you got to win. And to me, I just – to me, Dane's a superstar. That's <laughs> what I'm getting at. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times guys probably getting penalized because they're on, you know, franchises that aren't putting the right pieces around them and all that just sort of – factors into it and some guys are, are on franchises where 
the gym is getting them the help they need and some are not. Okay. So um, what about you, Will? I mean, do you think that it's a, is it, is it, is it even an easy definition? I mean, why? I mean, it's, it's, we have it every, we have the discussion every, every year, sometimes multiple years based off of whether it's something recent or if it's something that um, if it's a, you know, kind of a past look, but what do you define as a superstar? What does it mean to you from the NBA perspective? Yeah, for me, I think it comes down to three things. I think it's about your individual performance. Are you elite at your position? Uh, I think it does. Wins do matter. I think you can be as great as you want to be. If your team not in the playoffs, then it's hard for me to really call you a superstar. Uh, you got to be consistently doing it on that playoff stage. And I think also, especially in the NBA, it's about that intangible, that aura when you walk in the building. I, I think it's important when we talk about superstars. And that's why I think we try – to kind of extend the list where I think the list should be short. If anything, I think it should be less names than more names. And we want to put 10, 15, 20 dudes on a superstar list. Well, I think it's probably close to like five or seven. Cause I think that's what separates the LeBrons, the Durants, the, the Kobe's. We were talking about him earlier with those dudes. But I think when you walk in the gym, it's like, Whoa, or when that, when you come to the city, people want to go see you. Uh, I think that's what really makes you a superstar uh, along with, your individual performance and the wins, of course. Lito, um, what about you, man? Like, what do you think? What do you think makes a superstar? And what what's so like? Why is this conversation like so so interesting, right? Like, why is it like people have fierce debates over who's a superstar? And it doesn't matter what era what era that we're talking about. It consistently happens. You know, there's a people have different have different definitions and so on and so forth. But like, you know, how big is this list? I mean, is it is it is it five? Is is it five people? Is it ten people? Do we include too many? Do we not include enough? The thing about the list is it's it's all opinionated, right? Is is kind of like what do you consider a superstar? I I, to be honest, I really wish Jason would have let Taylor respond to whether or not she thought he was a superstar because. Listening to how she uh, broke it down between Dame and Kyrie, and you know, of course, Kyrie has a has a has a has a ring there, so you consider him a superstar. But bro, if you if Dame played with LeBron, he he would also have a ring. So like, it it, it really just depends on how you break it down, and it, it's going to be a never ending conversation. I mean, I was talking to Grub yesterday, and he told me, you know, it's about five superstars in the NBA. And you know, again, it just all depends on how you how you view it. So, I mean that that leads that leads to um, to a Pelicans related question. Rod, do when it comes to Brandon Ingram and Zion, I see the word superstar thrown out a lot when when explaining anything about the two. Right? Whether it's talking about Zion's return to basketball, whether it's talking about um, how how Brandon Ingram can build off of last year, but I, I I see superstar people whether they are doing it intentionally or not. When you look at Zion, when you look at Brand, are are either are either of them superstars? And if they aren't, you can pick one or you can pick both. What do they have to do to where it's not even a question? It's it's bona fide. I think for both of those guys, it's just gonna be a matter of you know stacking some years on top of each other. I mean, they haven't, I don't think either one of them has done enough yet to actually be there. I think they have, they both have superstar potential. I think they both will be superstars. I just don't think they've put enough on their resume just yet. Um, 
if I had to pick one, I, would, I just think Zion. I mean, I think what we saw in that, you know, in that rookie season and, and some of that, that next season, I just think that they, that, that what he can do is just, is different from anything we've seen before. So I think that sort of separates him. And plus he has the aura about him and he's going to have the, the star appeal and just the things he can do. So I think he probably has a better shot of, of getting that title, but I think both of them definitely have superstar potential. Yeah, I agree with Rod. I, I think both of those guys are short right now as far as the superstar scale goes. Uh, they got to just win a little bit more. They got to do it more consistently on the playoff stage. I think right now Z's probably ahead just because of what I talked about before, that third category, that aura, uh, that status when he walks in the building. You can feel Z. You can hear people responding to him when he does stuff, when he plays the game, the way he, he affects people. Uh, I think he's ahead of B.I. And, and we know B.I. is a great basketball player, but, you know, Z. It's just something we haven't seen before. He's just such a unique player, and his athleticism is just so different for a dude his size. Uh, but I do think it's an interesting conversation, especially when you talk about somebody like Kyrie, because I think that's a, a perfect name to bring up in this conversation because of what I brought up, kind of the, the aura, the, the way you make people feel. Because uh, I think uh, I think a, a argument that you know Rob probably had a hundred times, I know I had it, is like the, the KG versus Tim Duncan. Because yep. Duncan... You look at the skins on the wall, ain't too many people matching him. We talk about rings, we talk about playoff wins, big performances, big stages. Tim Duncan is up there. But he didn't make people feel the way KG did when they watched him play basketball. And, and I think it's hard to balance those two things. And I think, uh, and like like Leo said, it just comes down to what you prefer. Do you prefer uh, the way a guy walks in and everybody's intimidated by him the way KG did? Or you want a guy who just – go walk in and win. And don't matter who you put on this team, you're going to win. And that's what we saw from Tim Duncan. So I think it's a hard conversation. I think it's different for everybody because I don't think no matter what Tim Duncan did, he wasn't going to have the aura that KG had. And I think that's probably true when we talk about B.I. and Z. I don't think B.I. is going to have that aura that Zion had when he came into the league. Uh, but it's about what you prefer and what you're looking for and your superstar. Yep. So, Lito, I mean, from a – should it be a should it be a switch and maybe or uh, a change in how we term these things? Like, for example, you know, could you say or you could say that the last time that Zion played, even if it wasn't a full season, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 27 on, you know, pl- pl- over 60 percent shooting. And even though that we didn't have fans that year due to due to um, the damage in the. Uh, the pandemic, you could, I mean, we saw the, the impact in, you know, ticket sales. And I mean, we saw the way that, I mean, his first, his opening night in his rookie year, how crazy that was. Will, you are traveling with this team. You get an idea or you get a chance to see how, you know, how interested and, and excited people are to see like Stephen A, we use the term like box office often to, to when talking about Zion. But Lito, should we say like, Last time I saw Zion, I think that was a superstar season, right? Like, but it, it doesn't necessarily make him a superstar. Would it be would it be easier to say, all right, this guy had a superstar season. He has to do it again, and this has to happen for us to say, all right, he we can just label him as a as a superstar. I <clears throat> I think that's fair, and with everything that Rod and Will said, I, I totally agree with also with. Yes, he did have a superstar season, but yes, he he has to have that longevity 
he has to be able to stay healthy to produce those numbers. I definitely think he has a superstar. He definitely think he had a superstar season. I mean, if I got to take my B.I. cape off, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 yeah, I mean, Zion is is a superstar. He, he's Well, he's on his way to being a superstar. He has that gravitational pull of a superstar. He Like like Will said, you walk in a building, everybody knows he's there. Like, we, we, eyes are on him. Eyes are on this guy. I mean, he's been a technically a superstar since 16, right? I mean, he's he's been YouTube famous. He's, you know, everybody knows who Zion is. I mean, he's got one name, Zion. Like, you, you really yeah. – you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't fake that. Uh, I definitely, I definitely think like, and and what Will said about KG um, and and Tim, man, that's so valid. That's barbershop gym talk. I remember, uh, I mean, hell, it was on the timeline a couple weeks ago. Uh, Tim, whose error was it? Was it Kobe or was it Tim's? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just, it all depends on how you you, you look at it. Yeah. And I do think I think personality plays a factor in that. I mean, you look at. Even a guy like Jason Tatum, I mean, he's kind of laid back and maybe doesn't have that swagger that some other guys have. He doesn't really talk a whole lot. And that's how Tim Duncan was. I think he'd probably get penalized a little bit for that as far as his uh, superstar. But, I mean, but is that is that fair, Rod? I mean, I, I mean, from your from your perspective, um, do you know, do you think that if we're talking what a what a superstar is and so much of it, I mean, a lot of the nitpicking, I think, comes down to what you do right on the on the on the field or on the floor. Right. Do we is it fair to include how um, I guess how, quote unquote, box office you are? Maybe you're not. Is it is it Brandon's fault that maybe, you know, he's not a you know, he's not going to attract the same kind of he doesn't want the same kind of attention that say Zion has been getting since he was a certain age. Right. Should we is it fair or should we judge? these these athletes based off of what they're doing and what they're putting together consistently on the floor right i mean if, if brandon puts puts together another year like last year um and that you know that's a good point it's fame but should should we be looking at him different or should he or or, or does it have to consistently be with the fact that all right well it doesn't matter necessarily how dominant you are on the floor if nobody cares if you're not selling shoes if you don't have commercials um, is that fair to people like Brandon who just want to go out and hoop? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's fair. And I, I do think, I mean, winning transcends it all. If, if the Pelicans are winning, he can make a deep run. I mean, people forget all about that. But I think that does sometimes give people uh, an edge over some other people just because of the way they their marketability. That's fair. Lito, go ahead. You have Nah, Will, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, I think – the superstar conversation, we get lost in it also because it's like, well, you can't win without a superstar. And I think, you know, that's it, it, again, it's about what you prioritize. Is I think we KG's no doubt a superstar, but he had one ring, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like just because you got a superstar, only you're guaranteed to win LeBron, they didn't make the playoffs last year. He's no doubt a superstar. So I, I think it's about uh, when we talk about superstars and just making that list, it's just about what you've accomplished, what you mean to the game and how you compare to your peers. But just because you're not a superstar doesn't mean you can't lead a team to a championship. It doesn't mean you can't be the first or second best player on a team that's that makes a real impact. It's just about what you've done and the way people view you. Uh, I think that's what we talk about when we talk about superstars. And I think just because a guy doesn't make the list, that doesn't take away from who he is as a player or the impact 
he has on the game. It's just about really it's just about how people view you. And, and for some people, like Tim Duggan, he don't care how anybody sees him. Uh, but uh, I think it's just about really just how people view you more than anything else. Lito, anything to add there? Yeah, I gotta I gotta say, you asked if, if it was fair. Um, I mean, life isn't fair, right? And with everything, there's levels. There's levels to superstardom also. Like everybody isn't created, everybody's game isn't created equal. So no, nah, I mean it, it's not it's not fair, but you know, I, I just think that just depending on you know how you how you like this question is Jimmy Butler a superstar? I mean I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what are we going to – if we give in Taylor Rook's definition, hell no. Right. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's just a, it's an opinion base. It's how you feel about it. I, don't, I mean, it is fame, but it, it's it's fame, but it's also game-related too. It's still game-related because you got to put the ball in – you know what I'm saying? Like, superstars play both sides of the, of the, of the court to me. That, that's wow. – Wow. Yeah. You also said earlier that Dame's a superstar. I, I, I ain't seen him – I had too much on the other end. I don't know. You got to respond to that, lady. You got you to gotta defend yourself, ironically. You just was holding me down, and you know, this was this was. This was. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got to hold you accountable, my brother. I got to hold you accountable. All right. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, man, the thing with Dame is, and this is, okay, I'm going to tell, I'll just give my, my situation, my I'll give my opinion on it. Dame, while he has not won a ring, right? Who besides CJ has Dame played with? And the fact that Dame consistently leads a team to the playoffs, almost to the finals, right? Where has Kyrie led a team? Where has a Kyrie led team gone? That's all I, I got. That's a fair point. I think that's a fair point for sure. So that go, I mean, that goes into like what your what your personal like definition is, right? I mean, I, I think it, it's a multitude of things, man, and there's no <laughs> there, there's no clear, there's no cl- clear cut way to really, you know, to really answer it. But I, but I am interested to see how it, how it plays out, you know, with this year with the Pelicans having uh, so much attention, so many. It feels as if so many positive things going going in their direction. Um, speaking of such, and we'll, I'll start with you here. The schedule was released last week, um, and I mean now, like we were. The first game was against Brooklyn, and before then, we were trying to figure out. Well, we don't know exactly how Brooklyn will look. Will KD be there? Will Kyrie be there? What's up with Ben Simmons? But it it, it feels as if from everything that's been that's been put out and the, the story this 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 morning um, about you know KD saying or KD I mean, not technically opting in, but him kind of withdrawing back the trade request, and we barring health, he'll be there uh, October nineteenth, I believe. Uh, in the Barclays Center. But from a schedule perspective, Will, you know, when you look at what this team just got done, uh, you know, the season that they had and all the all of the optimism and positivity coming into this year, what how how important is a fast start? Does it, you know, is it is it important that they get off to a start to where, you know, they're I mean is it six and five, eight and three, or, you know, or, or is it just, is it, is it more so surviving? Like when you look at the schedule and some of the, some of the, uh, you know, the road trips and the, the, the strength of schedule, I would say to start off that they have, which it feels like they have to go through every, every season. What do you think is most important? I mean, is it, is it a fast start? Is it just 
kind of just rolling with the punches or is it more so regardless of the weather i mean regardless of the record these guys getting used to playing welcoming back in zion and uh you know rotations and players really getting used to finding that finding that chemistry to see what kind of team you know we'll be looking at if they're able to stay on the floor together for you know 82 games i mean first and foremost when it comes to this franchise the number one thing is you got to be healthy <laughs> i mean you know that's the number one thing how many times have we seen this team go through the first 25 games of the season with their best five players healthy uh, it's not too often you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the number one thing. You got to get your guys to the season healthy and you got to keep them healthy. And that's how you prevent yourself from getting in the hole that they've done, you know, a million times. Those 0 and 8, 2 and 10, you know, 3 and 16. You've seen it over and over again with the team. And a big part of it is, well, Zion isn't here. Well, Drew isn't here. Well, you know, it's on and on. Uh, so I think it's, it's about getting those guys to the season healthy. But I do think it's going to be a big test for them early because they got a lot of road games early, some some tough road trips. Uh, they got to see some of them teams in the West that they're going to be fighting for for playoff spots. Uh, so I think kind of showing you can stand up uh, in those road situations, staying united and, and figuring out roles, I think that's going to be a big uh, a big point for them during the first 10, 20 games of the season is figuring out roles. Because I think they're one of the few teams who's walking into camp with damn near 15 guys who feel like they should be getting at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Ain't too many guys going into camp this year feeling like, oh, I'm not playing this year. You know what I mean? So I think they got to figure that out first and foremost is like who's playing, who's not, what's the roles. And, and I think that's going to be sort of the adjustment period during the early part of the season. But I would say, number one, man, you, you got to be healthy because if you're not healthy, then you're digging yourself out of the hole like you always are. Nah, nah, that's a that's a good point. It's always, I mean, like you mentioned, it's always the elephant in the room where, you know, um, when, when it comes to the franchise, them just finding a way not to just being available. Right. I mean, the the even if even if, a you know, a role player, you know, or such isn't available, I mean, at, at worst, get a get an opportunity to see what Zion, B.I. and C.J. look like. Um, but if you can have everyone available, that would be great. It just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's happened enough in the. 20 years or 20 plus years this franchise has been in New Orleans. But speaking, but speaking of such, right. Um, man, I mean, I, you know, it feels like you know, for once everybody has, has nothing but good things to say about the Pelicans. A year ago, the organization was looked at totally different. The future of a lot of, of a lot of players were totally different. The outlook of the players currently that, you know, the outlook of some of the guys, Brandon, after, um, the season that he had signed in an extension, the view of, of him around the league was different. A lot of people changed, changed perceptions and whether they ended up, whether it happened midseason, whether it happened in offseason, whether, you know, it, it took it took the full year. It just it feels like for once it, it, there's not many negativity surrounding the franchise. When's the last time that you can think of being a being a sports writer for um this organization that you can see or that you've seen them in this position. So it's almost like they can't do anything wrong right now. Yeah. I mean, that's uncharted territory for sure. Uh, I moved here in 2013. I've never seen this much optimism. I guess there was some that year after they, you know, beat Portland in the first round, thought they were going to build on that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, you look at the, the standings and I mean, there are some teams that, I mean, you figure this team could 
with Zion in the mix, that could be better than Utah. They'd be better than Dallas probably, you know. So there's a chance for them to climb up from where they were in the standings this season. And, uh, I mean, there's no reason to think that you insert Zion in this lineup that they won't be better. Like, I mean, it's absurd to think that they won't be any better. And I just think what Willie Green did last year, the culture's changed. All these guys, they don't have any ego problems. Like, they don't have the – there's just a lot of things that seem to – to, to be working right. And this is a testament to what David Griffin is, you know, what he's, what he's built here, the culture he's built and everything. You know, you know, what's crazy building off what Ryan was saying, Lito is that it feels as if like, I think when tr trying to find things to talk about in this, in this off season and uh, for the first time trying to dedicate weekly to have things to talk about, you find yourself at some point competing, like competing against yourself. And what, and like, and, and what I mean by that is like, you run out of positive things to say. Now you, and, I mean, you already at some point are thinking about, well, what if this doesn't go right? Or what if how, you know, then at some point you're, you're bound to talk negative um, and worry about some sore spots that you look at and you may see. And some of that is just, it's just being detailed and, and following every minute or every single move that the team makes and watching them play over the course of time here but like when you look at some of the out the people that view this team outside of new orleans or maybe you know don't have the same microscope that we have the view seems to be different right while we're while we may be concerned about what's going to happen with Devonte graham or jackson hayes like i saw a tweet from kevin o'connor and ringer and you know he said i think yesterday he mentioned that it's unbelievable to him the amount of talent that's you know that Zion's going to be walking back into um do you like what is that how did how do you view that because we because we spent all last year fighting fighting national media members that didn't know what they were talking about now it's kind of different everybody is is has they have nothing but great things to say this team can you know can challenge you know can maybe be a western conference finals contender and you know you know zion has the chance to do this and bi can you know can be you know can 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 be this guy i mean it, it's it's the narrative is as ad would say it's not only is it changing, but it's changed. Yeah. You know, Chris, a great rapper from Holly Grove once said, tables don't turn, people just switch seats. And, and to be honest with you, I hate it. I hate, I don't want the national media to love us. I love the fact, I love being the underdog. I, I love when Perk gets on Twitter and he's like, move the team. Like, that's great. I want I want I want that same fire. I don't I don't want anybody to to feel like we've accomplished anything. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want I want the fan base to be proud of the team for sure, but I don't want the, the players to just like you can't come back into this season and 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 think like you know what I'm saying everything is is great of you. Nah, you you still gotta work hard, you gotta bust your ass, you still gotta be you still have to have that mentality that you had in the second half of the season that got you here. But I do think, you know, with the addition to CJ, uh, you know, Zion coming back, I, I, I think B.I. is quiet, but I, I feel like he got he got a <laughs> he got he got that dog in him. So, you know, what I'm saying I feel like I, you know, Jose Alvarado heard you got a lot of quiet guys, man, who are uh, who who I think have this tenacity about them that I don't think, you know, we just going we just going to slip. I, I appreciate Kevin O'Connor saying that and we do have talent. I'm, I'm really curious. I guess, no, you know, all we got to just wait and see how it goes. I'm curious about the rotations and other things like that, you know, with, with 
with the KD uh, fiasco being over, I, I kind of want to see how a lot of teams are going to shove the roster, including us. I mean, you know, is anything going to happen at this point? So, um, you know, while I appreciate the love from the national media, I don't need it. I think I that's, what, that's what makes New Orleans. Oh, go ahead, with. No, I was just going to ask quick uh, if Chris could give us an update uh, since, since Lita brought his name up on Perth. Did, did, did he uh, give give what he was supposed to in the in the words of uh, Riley Freeman? Did he pay what he owed? The, uh, <laughs> do we got an update on, on what Perk is at after his uh, misgivings last year? Hell no, but I'm going uh, to uh, figure out. I'm I'm totally fine with being the bill collector. I I mean I'll find a way to, you know, give him give him one of them spam calls, man, and you know, and f- figure out what's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I, but no, it has not happened yet. <laughs> right, right. You yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say what, what Lito was saying about people in New Orleans they have that chip on their shoulder. I think that's what makes the sports teams here what they are, because they sort of like having that underdog mentality that us against the world, and I don't think the Pelicans are going to – I think they're going to make sure they keep that mentality, and, that's again, that's what makes them who they are. And, and I, I would say the same thing for the Saints, too. I mean, I know it's the Pelicans broadcast, but, I mean, the same mentality they have, too, like, yeah, nobody believes in us, and that's just kind of what this city is thrives on, I think. And if they don't have that mentality, I, I'm going to tell you that the one person who makes sure they will is Willie Green. And, you know, Rod was around him last year, man uh, – Ain't too many people I've ever met in my life quite like Willie Green. And the way he impacts people, the way when he speaks, everybody in the room, listen, you respect every word that comes out of his mouth. And I think, uh, you know, we talked about it so much last year, but I still think it was undersold. Just the impact he had, you know, coming off of that COVID season with Stan Van Gundy and just how nasty stuff was uh, coming off of that year. And the way he could just, just shifted everything, you know, even after the 3-16 the and 16 start, Zion not being there, B.I. being hurt early in the season. They didn't know what to do with the rotations. They couldn't find two quality guards to put on the court at any point. <laughs> and Willie was the guy that was that North Star for the team, and I think he's going to continue to have to be that person this year because I think y'all are exactly right. The big difference this season is it's not, it's not the field of Pels anymore. It's the, the Pels with expectations now. It's the, the Pels lose three in a row. It's going to be sirens going off, you know, rather than kind of just – crickets the way it was a lot of times last year when Zion was gone. So I, I think that's going to be something they got to deal with. But I think when you got a Willie Green in place, I think that's a game changer for this team just because that dude demands so much respect in the building and everybody listens to him. And he's got the experience being there. He was there with Phoenix. He was there with Golden State. So he knows what it looks like. It's just about getting these guys on the same page and just figuring out what it's going to take for them to get to that level. Um, Chris, can I, can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just want to ask Rodney Will a question. As a person who's never been around Willie Green, I, I hear you know numerous people who have been around him say exactly what Will just said about how uh, you know what I'm saying everybody listens to him. He's 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 just got this this spirit about him. What is it about Willie that makes people buy in? What makes it what, what is it about Will that makes people listen to him? I think it's his um, the fact that he played the game first of all. But I mean, he's I guess he just turned. 41. So, I mean, he just knows how to relate to players really well. And I think they just bought in right away. Like, they saw it. And like Will said, I mean, when this team got off that awful start, yeah, they easily could have fallen apart. But he just – he wasn't having it. And, um, I mean, we all see – we saw the uh, speech when they uh, – I guess that was the, in the Clippers game, I guess, when, you know, this team had a chance to lose. And 
he didn't let him. I mean, that's just kind of who he is. Yeah. And I will say uh, on top of everything Rod said, I think a big thing for him early last season was the fact that he really took the time out to have one-on-one convos with damn near all of those dudes. And I think, uh, you know, early in the season, I remember Devontae losing his spot in the starting lineup and Willie saying, I went to Devontae's house and we talked about it. Willie talked about, you know, all the times him and B.I. had one-on-ones. Hey, how do we need to run the offense? You know, what kind of voice do you want to have in the locker room? How do we need to work together? I think he, just like Ross said, he understands how to relate to people, whether it's the young dudes, the old dudes, the foreign players. He just understands how to talk to people. And I think he, t- he takes the time out to really have those individual relationships with everybody on his team. It's not just about just do what Willie says. It's about I'm listening to y'all as well. I want to have y'all input, and I want to know where y'all are coming from. And I think when, when guys understand that a coach cares, uh, I think it, it goes so far because I think a lot of these guys come up feeling like coaches – don't really care about them or, or trying to worry about their own come up. And I think when they if finding a coach like Willie Green, uh, I think a lot of guys look at that and say, that's the type of dude I want to play for. He understands where I'm coming from. He's been in my shoes before. And he can't, he's not just going to be like, well, Devontae is having a bad couple months. I don't care what he thinks anymore. I, I think he really wants to, to listen to all his players and have their impact on his view and not just be like, all right, it's my way or the highway. And players know when it's real or not. You know, they know if somebody's, like, being true to who they are. And I think with Willie, you know that's who he really is. And so you, it's easy to buy in when, when you know that really is. I mean, look, I always – I'm very interested in, like, the people that – a lot of the players that were under Greg Popovich and, like, in the glory years. I listen to a lot of, you know, um, things in which – or how they speak of him. And one of the things that I've seen from, I've heard Manu say it, I've heard Tony say it, Tim, well, I didn't say anything. So I, didn't, I didn't hear him say it. And of course, they had, a, they had a sour, you know, a sour ending there. But, you know, you know, they all said that one of the things about, about great coaches and, and what was very important with, with Pop or their relation with Pop is that when you have a coach or when you have a leader like that in front of you, on top of having really good talent, it can make average players good and it can make good players great right so what i'm what i'm curious about through all of the through what you guys mentioned about willie and which the the conversation we had earlier about superstar and we'll you know and we'll close out um and the talent that's on this team the excitement that's in there if you had to pick someone and you couldn't say bi and zion and you say all right you know it could be you know let's say for it it could even be a two-year window and you had to say all right this guy, this guy could be a superstar. Who would it be? And it doesn't have to just be a young dude, because I think, you know, I mean, you know, CJ, there's a chance that maybe CJ having CJ McCollum having an opportunity to be in a, you know, as a somewhat of a third option and a, and a part of maybe the most talented team. I think that he's been a part. It may take his game to a new level or a game in which we haven't seen so far from him. Um, but whoever it is. Lito, I start with you. If it's not Zion, it's not Bi. You'd pick one guy; it could be a superstar. Who would it be? Trey. Okay. I think Trey. I think Trey has the 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 build. The, he has the build. He has the the most important skill in shooting. Uh, he's athletic. Um, I've been watching him this summer. He's been working on you know dribbling and handling the ball and. Uh, you know, just different 
uh, defensive type uh, sets against him. Um, he's he's been doing like some dribble pull up fadeaway side steps. I think Trey, if Trey can put it all together, man, I love. I you know what I'm saying like he's six nine and he, he he. I don't even think Trey know what he's doing yet, and that's not a diss to Trey. I'm just saying that he's that good that I can see that potential in him. That you know what I'm saying if he if he blossomed to be a superstar, I, I don't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad at that. I could hear uh, Trey in my head saying six ten, six ten. He's six ten now. Don't call him six nine. <laughs> He's very sensitive about that six ten. You gotta give him, give him that six ten number. My bad. Uh, but, I, I think, but I think for me, I, like I said, I think I, I'm, I'm very hesitant to hand out that superstar title uh, just because I think that that list needs to be shorter than longer for me. Uh, but I think uh, just to answer your question, the guy that I'm looking to that that really needs to take that next step. I would look at Herb Jones, and I would think uh, he I – I think in a perfect world, they would love for him to become like the Draymond Green to, to Zion and, and uh, B.I. being like that Stephen Clay figure, where it's like he's the guy that kind of balances them out in a lot of ways. He brings that defensive mindset, that unselfish mindset. I don't think Herb ain't, Herb ain't screaming on nobody on the sidelines. Uh, I guarantee you Herb ain't starting the podcast no time soon. <laughs> uh, but I think just being that guy who who establishes that 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 culture, that mindset, that this is how we gonna play. This is the unselfishness we bringing in every day. It don't matter who the role players are. We have a certain style of play. I, I think if Heard can be that third guy next to Z and Bi, I, I think that's gonna be huge for them moving forward. Just because he brings so many different things to the game, and he's such an elite defender. So if he can continue to build on that and add a couple more things offensively. I think you can definitely make an argument for him being the third best player on this team moving forward. Yeah, I was going to say Herb as well, but I'll mix it up a little bit and just throw another name out there just because I think um, I think Jose is a guy that's going to – I don't know if he'll ever be, you know, a starter, but, I mean, I think he's a guy that can always come off the bench and be a – I think he has a niche that can really, like, just make him a – I, mean, I, I don't want to say superstar, but I think he can be a guy that people in the – around the league just really, really respect for what he does, bringing off the bench, you know, like a a Lou Williams or one of those kind of guys that just comes out and just brings that energy. Uh, Patrick Beverly, one of those kind of guys. But, uh, yeah, Herb would have been my answer, but I was just trying to switch it up so we could have three different people uh, for this question. Well, well, well one of the shout out, shout out to, uh, shout out to Chaz. Um, Chaz. Oh, I'm not taking a shot at CJ. Love all the podcasts out there. I'm not taking a shot at nobody. I'm just saying Herb, Herb ain't talking to nobody. He don't have to. That's what I'm saying. Herb, Herb ain't that guy. That's why I'm saying he got no pie. That, that, that wasn't even why I was going. I was about to ask about Jackson Hayes. I was, I was going to ask about Jackson because that, that was the previous thing that he, that he put up, right? We're talking about um, a guy that I, I think a lot of fans have kind of well, I don't think it's fair to say a lot of fans have have soured on him, but um, you know, I say there there are more there are more that are kind of down on his stock um, as a as an, an immediate help going forward than those that are that are optimistic about his future in New Orleans. But if we're talking about athletic gifts, athletic tools, if we if we're talking about um, you know someone that you know when you watch him, you know, from highlights and so on and so forth, he grabs people's attention he'll, you know he'll make you he'll make you stand up if he puts together some of the small things i mean it, it, do we is there is, is is there an argument there for a guy like him 
Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing for Jackson is just kind of like a numbers game, right? When you just look at the guys on the team, you look at the rotation, when you, you map it out, uh, Willie Green's going to play about nine or ten guys. I, I think Jackson's kind of the guy that's on, looking more likely to be the eye man out. I, I think we'll see how it goes. Uh, we've seen him make, you know, gradual steps throughout his career. Maybe he makes another jump and, and changes the match. But I, I think with his current contract situation, the way the roster is built, the way they're probably going to use Zion, uh, I think it's just hard to see where he fits moving forward. But I've I, I said this all the time about Jackson. I feel like he still has so much growing to do, even after three, four years in the league. I still feel like he he's going to be a much different player a couple years from now than what we've seen just because we forget he got to the game so late, right? I mean, he wasn't even getting recruited to be a basketball player until in the summer going into his senior year of high school. So, so like, he's, he's still learning who he is as a basketball player, how he fits, how to build his body up. And I think I've just seen Jackson do so much stuff on the basketball court that's just, like, outrageous. Just, like, there's no way somebody your size is supposed to be doing this stuff with such ease. And I think somebody I, I think about a lot with Jackson is kind of JaVale McGee. And I think that might be a rough comparison for Jackson. And I'm not trying to do that to him. But I think with, with JaVale – we saw all that potential in him with the Wizards, and he kind of became the joke, the, the, the cinnamon challenge dude, the jug life dude. But you saw as he grew and matured and learned himself, he became a better player than the second half of his career than maybe the first half when he was more athletic, a better runner. I think like last year with Phoenix, he made a real impact on that team because he knew exactly who he was and knew how to fit with that team. And I can see Jackson being that guy down the line, but I just think, He's so young right now. He's still figuring it out. And he's in a situation where he's not going to get 30 minutes to figure it out. Uh, they just don't have those minutes to spare. There's too much talent on this team. So uh, I just think uh, that's a long process to go for him. But I, I still think Jackson has a bright future in this league just because of what he can do from an athletic standpoint. And I think he is starting to figure out who he is as a player. Yeah, pretty much what Will said. I mean, for Jackson, it's just going to be a matter of having that mindset of, being a little bit more patient this year than he had than he was last year. I mean, we didn't even mention Larry Nance, but I mean, obviously he's gonna get some of those those minutes. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, for Jackson, it's just gonna be a matter of being willing to put that time in. I I I agree with that. I mean, um, the thing with Jackson is he will said he started basketball late, right? And for him to get drafted into a franchise where we kind of needed him to play immediately to now like we're kind of loaded and we don't have the time for him to grow. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that – I think the thing with Jax, he's so talented, man. I mean, he probably runs like a 4-3 and a 40. He got like a 40-whatever invert. You know what I'm saying? He, I think I think by the time he matures, maybe his seventh, eighth year in the league, you know, who knows? He, I think he's going to be a good basketball player, but it just doesn't fit our timeline at this point. And well, it's like an inside joke, but yeah, well, Jackson's only what nineteen years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, okay. I was, so I have a gentry you saw. You can tell the story, Will. Because <laughs> uh, uh, during the rookie year, where it was Jackson, McHugh, and Zion were all rookies. Jackson and the, Jackson and Zion were obviously nineteen year olds, but but McHugh played a couple years at at Virginia Tech before he came in the league. So uh, he came in as like what a twenty one year old rookie. So whenever uh, Gentry would talk about the rookies, he'd be like, oh, guys, you got to remember, they're 19, guys. They're 19. We can't judge them. So 
and talking about Nikhil. He's like, guys, guys, he's 19, guys. <laughs> like, uh, no, he's actually 21, coach. He's actually 21. <laughs> so that was our running joke with Gentry. One of many running jokes with Gentry. I wish we could talk more about some of our inside jokes with Gentry, but uh, we can't do that uh, while we live. <laughs> we got that off camera. So, so I've heard. Uh, I might, I might take you up on that. And ask you a few of those. Get out of here. But um, yeah, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys go, man. Um, and we'll move forward. I definitely appreciate you guys coming, coming on, man. If you, uh, everybody who pulled up to the, pulled up to the live show, subscribe. You know, uh, check out everything that Will has going on with the athletic, um, as well as what Rod is doing with the Times Picayune. I know, and advocate, I know he's tied up right now with, with everything that's going on with Saints training camp and football season about to start, but I appreciate you pulling up, brother. Um, and then my dog, my dog, Lito, Godcast, Lito Rants, um, pretty much on every, on, on wherever, wherever someone's recording, you pull up, huh? Man, I'm I'm trying to work, man. If you if you if you work and holler at me, I'm trying to work. But I I'd like to say, man, I'm 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 a huge fan of Rod and Will's work. So you know what I'm saying? It's a pleasure, pleasure being here doing this as well as you, Chris. Nah, man. Shout out to y'all for what y'all doing in the content game, man. Shout out to y'all for sure. Appreciate it, brothers. All right, man. We'll close out, man. If y'all got anything, man, comment, man, share. Um, and we will see you guys next time. We're in space. Now we out. Peace.